0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What an intro. Oh my goodness. Welcome to Elijah Fire episode number one. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of this show. A lot of you know who I am. Um, First off, I would like to say right out of the gate, this is technically still Elijah Streams. It is an extension of. It's its own show. The focus of this show is... And I've said this before on previous shows that I've done with Krista Elisha, with Kelsey O'Malley, is that this show is, yes, it is geared towards millennials. Yes, it is to mobilize the millennial generation. but we anywhere that the Lord is telling us to go, we don't want to go there without the whole body. So this is something that you everybody can benefit benefit from, but yes, it is it is uh, geared towards the millennials. So all of you guys, tell your kids, Tell your grandkids and tell yourself as well, because uh, it's it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have a lot of familiar faces. We're also going to have some new faces, um, but really trying to mobilize the millennial generation. And we really feel very strongly that this is the time to mobilize the millennial generation. And so it's something that I'm very passionate about. It is something that, that Steve Schultz is very passionate about. And we're going to have him on in just a second to talk about that to talk about what God has spoken to him specifically about this um, but I'm stoked I'm stoked get excited um, like I said tell your kids tell your grandkids um, you know now is the time now is the time to mobilize our generation so all of your prayers hoping that there would be you know good good people to encourage your children uh, and your grandchildren now is the time like we are in a new era. At the time of this airing, this has been recorded previously. But at the time of this airing, episode one, it is the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and I was talking to Krista Elisha, who we're going to have on tomorrow, that this is we're in a new era. This is a new era, and and it's it's very interesting that it's it's marked by something like that. But it's it's time to to emerge. It's time to to burst forth, as it were. So, uh, my name, like I said, is is Jeff Tharp. And um, I just wanted to share a little bit of background. I've touched on stuff, uh, you know, when I've filled in for Steve on Elijah streams. um, But I kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit more context of of who I am. Um, I was born um, December 31st, 1985. So I am a New Year's Eve baby, uh, very much so millennial. Uh, For those of you who don't know, or it's up for debate, the millennial generation spans from 1981 to 1996. And yes, I know there's some debate and yes, I know some of you are going to say, I am not a millennial. I refuse. You know what? Fine. You don't have to, but it is widely accepted that 1981 to 1996, if you were born in that range that you are, I'm sorry to say, a millennial, (laughs) welcome to the club. Um, all right. So yeah. Um, It's interesting. My birth actually plays a lot into where I am today. I very much so believe. Um, So I was born 1985, December 31st, and I was actually a preemie. I was born six weeks early, and I was like nine pounds something ounces. I was a massive baby, Um, but my lungs weren't fully developed, and so um, I remember the story well because I've heard it all. You know, all grow all through growing up that my dad picked me up to show me at the window um, to my grandparents and other people that were outside of the hospital, everyone was cheering. And all of a sudden the nurse said, something's wrong. And I was turning blue. And so they took me and they put all these tubes in me and they, they put me in an incubator. And, um, they, you know, they weren't sure how I was going to, to do if I was going to pull through. And my dad was very distraught about it. And he said, you know, he was, he was praying and he felt the Lord very, very clearly say to me, I gave you my only son, now give me yours. Or now will you give me yours? And um, obviously that was God's way of, of telling my dad, hey, it's going to be okay. I, you can trust me with your son. But I do believe that there was some other unintended consequences as a result of that. Consequences is the wrong word. Um, but it I believe that that marked my dad surrendering me to the Lord like that marked me and I'm not special. Um, it's just to say that I broke away and even my sister, um, broke away and you'll, you'll get to know her as well. Cause she's going to be filling in for me when I can't be here. She's great. Her name's Jen. You'll love her. But, um, I, I veered down a different path than the trajectory of a lot of my family as a result, um, the stain of divorce, and living a complacent life. And and my my sister and I both have had lengthy conversations about just feeling this burning inside of us in our spirits of just like, no, enough is enough. We draw a line in the sand. We are going to live different lives. We are going to follow the Lord no matter what. And as a result, led led down paths that made everybody uncomfortable. Whether it was like in my family, you don't ask for money, you don't do missions, you don't, you know, and and um and so I I became a missionary and I required, it required the support of individuals to get me to where I needed to go to partner with me in ministry. Um, And uh, you know, it made me uncomfortable too, uh, but I knew it was what the Lord wanted me to do. And so there've been a lot of moments like that in my life. Um, I wasn't raised in the prophetic. I wasn't raised, uh, you know, in charismatic Christianity. Um, But reading the Bible, And seeing the, seeing the way Jesus lived and that I'm supposed to follow him and the way he lived and the life that I had around me weren't adding up. They weren't sinking. And I was like, something's wrong. And I know it's not the Bible. Um, And so that it just created this burning inside of me. And I saw this, you know, we grew up Lutheran, like we went to a Lutheran church for quite a few years. Um, You know, it was just like live the quiet life. Um, But I always believed in the power of God. And I always believed in the miraculous and God being able to speak to people. And so I remember I read, I saw a quote from Catherine Kuhlman the other day that summarized my heart and a lot of ours very, very well. It said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. And it's just plain and simple. And so I've mentioned this before on the show or on Elijah's dreams is that I, 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 even though I wasn't raised in the prophetic, I, I couldn't deny those things. And even if things made me uncomfortable, I was like, God, I'll give you a fair shot. Show me what you got. And I remember I was in, I was in YOM, I was in missions and we were having a ministry time and we had this guy who was very prophetic come in and he made me uncomfortable because he would just break out into speaking in tongues and all these things. But That moment was really a big stake in the ground for me of just like feeling this just again, this burning inside of me of like, man, I gotta, I, I got, I, I want what he has, you know. And um, and I remember we had a ministry time and he was going around to people and he was like slaying people in the spirit, and I was like, Yeah, right. You know, and I just felt this check in my spirit where I was like, but if it's real, I want to experience it, God. And so I take all of my doubt, all of my limiting you. And I set that aside. And I remember the guy came over to me and his hand didn't even touch me. It was like a good two feet away as he's coming up. And I just couldn't stand up. I just like went completely. Limp. I remember in that moment, I was like, it's real. Oh my goodness. Um, all because I was willing. I was willing to allow the Lord to do what he does to not limit him by my understanding, um, but to surrender that. And it was, the, it was such a cool experience and it was just the snowball effect. Um, and um, the, just ending up here at the Elijah list um, is just crazy. It's super, super cool. So um, I'm, we're going to kind of touch in on some of this other stuff. So without any further ado, let's bring in Steve Schultz,
0: Steve Schultz.
1: Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Good. Good How are you? Yeah, you too. It is. Um, It's perfect that it's you as my first guest, because you're the one that made this all possible. Um, So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, we've been, uh, I just want, I was going to say this
2: at some point, I'll just say it now that Julie and I had been talking a couple of years back, three or four years back, and and I think she had the initial revelation of dreamers, one of those things. And God said, uh, if you don't take care of the millennials, I'll give this to someone who will. And we gulped when we shared that. We were, we we're going to gulp. I don't, so we've been trying for three or four years to kind of like, should do we just need to have more millennial writers? And we did work towards that. But I think this is the closest mm-hmm. we've ever come. Because man, I don't want to have this whole thing taken away from me. Yeah, I got the fear of the Lord on because I, because I didn't take his uh, advice, his counsel, his
1: instruction to obey and 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 start ministering to the millennials. So here we are today. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it I, like definitely definitely i mean i felt it too when when i mean you and julie have relayed that message to me a few times and every single time i'm just like man that's uh that's a zinger if you know it's like why why you wouldn't want to be in the position of god being like you ain't you know like because you were you weren't i warned you you know yeah i know i warned you i told you see i wouldn't want to be you. yeah yeah Yeah. so i kind of want to touch on you know the whole concept of elijah fire obviously you know you touched on like God has been speaking this to you and Julie, our producer, um, many times. And so it's, you know, what is Elijah Fire, Steve?
2: Well, I, I think the, the first thing is we already touched on it is that it's it's going to be millennial centric. That is, it's more focused on millennials than the other that Elijah Streams is. But like you also said, both shows will work for both groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just have a few more of them. But I, I mean, I do believe that each generation, whether we labeled this one millennials, mine was the boomers, each generation has a certain thing that they're known for. They Because of the years that they're born, so we were the boomers, we were the post-World War II, everybody came home, got pregnant. And so there was this massive baby boomers, babies everywhere. Um, it was, I mean, when they say baby boomers, they mean because there were babies everywhere. People came home from the war and decided to multiply and That's what they did, and so our generation is still very, very active, trying to not get old. We we're trying harder than. By the time you get to our age, you're going to have more of our benefit because we keep trying to not get old. So mm-hmm. that's what we do. Your generation is a different one. I have as many questions to ask you as you would have yeah. me as far as what makes you, you guys tick, because we were the rebellious ones. Well, while I wasn't really part of the hippie thing, most of the people that are my age went through the whole hippie thing. Mm-hmm. They rebelled, you know cops were called pigs and and uh, everybody opted out and everybody wore or didn't wear uh, all kinds of things and uh, the, the hair grew really long. They didn't even have that much tattooing going on back then, but our great rebellion was long hair and hair everywhere. yeah <laughs> but you guys are interesting to me this this millennial group because you are I still have I think it's dangerous to overly label someone, mm-hmm. but you were born from our generation, we gave you were the product of the baby boomers having babies, and mm-hmm. and we we were so mistreated and abused, many of us by our parents and by society. Yeah. We rebelled so much that we decided we were going to put good on you, on our mm-hmm. kids. So oh, don't don't worry, honey. It's all going to be over. Here's a sticker for going potty. Here, mm-hmm. you know, let's go play t ball. <laughs> Nobody's out. So so you put we produce today. You can yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we produce you, and I think we're still. My kids are all you know. That my oldest is 40, I think she just hit 40. So
0: mm-hmm. They go
2: like 40, 37, and then mm-hmm. like 32 or something like that. Um 34, something like that. And uh it's a little dangerous to label them, but I, I'm i I want to ask you as much as you want to ask me. I, yeah, I want to ask you how would you describe your generation compared to ours?
1: What how do you think yeah. differently? That's a really, really good question. So obviously, baby boomers a lot of times, while this isn't the case, I've noticed that. I've heard a lot of testimonies where they're like, I grew up in a home where children were seen, not heard. And I think that, I think that, you know, you, again, you touched on it with the way that baby boomers raise their children of it's okay. It's all good. So it was like the opposite end of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. And while I will say anybody who's not a lot of people who aren't biblically aligned in my generation tend to be all over the place in terms of like, you know, you have, you know, social justice warriors and you've got all this stuff, but I want to touch on something specifically that's unique to not unique, but is, is prevalent in our generation. And my generation is compassion is being justice minded, which those are godly attributes, but if they're misguided, it turns into madness. And I think mm. that that's what we see a lot of these places where everybody wants to stand for something. Everyone wants to, I've got my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. I've got my stakes in the ground this is my zone and if you don't agree with me then you're the worst that humanity has to offer you know so i think that the biggest thing is is being very justice minded is being very compassionate um and while that's not unique to i want to clarify that's not unique to the millennial generation like no one else is compassionate or justice minded but it is something that's very prevalent within millennials
2: yeah, Yeah. yeah. see, so, uh,
1: and I think, you know, I
2: have a theory that uh, when we each, when you hit 20, when I hit 20, we were going through similar things. We were challenging whatever was the norm, whatever our mm-hmm. parents when I, By the time I uh, I was married for two or three years before, and at some point I'll tell you this whole story, but I was married mm-hmm. for a couple of years before I began to challenge uh, my parents' uh authority i didn't come i wasn't one of the rebellious ones i wasn't the one calling cops pigs you know but nevertheless from 20 to 35 you're challenging everything you've ever been taught in a significant way so that's yeah. part of my whole
1: story yeah yeah that's great you know and it's yeah so i mean i would say that's probably the biggest thing with the millennial generation i mean there's a lot more um and a lot of that is just going to reveal itself as we're talking with guests and. Um, But I I think the the big thing that I want to say to people is don't write don't write my generation off. Don't write us off. Like we want all, all of us that are that are in alignment with like what the Lord is doing right now. We we need you guys. We need anyone who's not in this generation or younger. We need you guys. And Steve, you said something. On a, um, you were being interviewed by Eagle Mountain Radio from Eagle Eagle Mountain Fellowship in Bend, Oregon. For those that don't know, and you said something that really stuck out. You were talking with some guys that are around my age, and you said, "You know, it's interesting. In my generation, you know, we were definitely the rebellious generation. Like we're like, we don't need you guys. We're going to do what we want." And and you said one thing that's been so surprising to you is is seeing people my age saying like, no, we need you guys. Please stay. Please don't run. Know, I don't
2: even have a grit for, for people in your age bracket saying mm-hmm. that. I don't have a grit for that. It was mm-hmm. not even remotely part of our experience saying we want, you know, it was the whole rebellion thing. All the things that I described earlier, all of those were signs that I'm not under my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't do what they say. I don't hold their values. So, yeah, I, I don't quite get, and let me just ask you this, too, about that. Because you're saying, on the one hand, you're saying we need you. We need fathers and mothers, I've heard it said. Yep. And yet, at the same time, I'm not necessarily seeing, I hear that over and over and over, but I'm not necessarily saying. hearing people come up to me and say, Steve, I'm stuck here. What do you recommend? I don't hear it millennials yeah. they want i feel like millennials want us to get that and to parent mm-hmm. them or to father them i don't think they really want to come up and say steve i need some help here what yeah. would you i don't
1: what i don't know what is that accurate or not accurate? i think it I, okay yeah um so let me just gather my thoughts i think part of it is is true yeah i think a lot of us haven't had godly examples of like, Hey, this is how this is how you do this. And this is how you hear from the Lord. And this is how you, you know, like there is a degree of that where people do that, pe- you know, people are like, ah, you know, like, I want you to be my parent. I want you to, and maybe there is a degree of it where it's like, I, I want you to hold my hand, but then you're like, it's, but yeah. I don't want you to hold my hand. Don't- right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause it, and we've been taught, give
2: every, our generation give everyone space live and let live yeah uh you know i'm okay you're okay all that crud and so we're taught not to get in someone's space not that mm-hmm. we always succeed of course but um yes yeah, so i would like for me if i if, if there's a millennial that i know needs fathering i would do better if that millennial said hey steve I got this problem and it seems like the Lord wants me to ask you, what would you do if you had this problem? And mm-hmm. I just don't think I'm, they're asking. And I'm wondering where the, where the breakup is in there. How, yeah, how maybe, that. Yeah. Maybe, honestly,
1: maybe some reconciliation needs to be done of like, Hey, we're sorry for writing you, you know, writing you off. I, I do know that there are some millennials who do feel written off hmm. um, where you'd be like, Oh, those millennials, they're a bunch of, snowflakes and they're, you know, some of them are, <laughs> some of yeah. them are okay. I know. Um,
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner, visit elijahfirecom fire.com slash donate. I don't even
1: really know how to do this in terms of like, okay, yeah, you are part of the baby boomer generation. I'm part of the millennial generation, but here we are together, coming together and being like, we're on the same team. Let's mm-hmm. face the same direction, and I think that that's how the enemy. I mean, you can look at any church that implodes on itself, it's because Satan turns people on each other instead mm-hmm. of at him. And so, I think that you know, there's definitely a lot of that with the generations as well.
2: I have noticed one thing that's a little bit interesting. I not all of my kids are there's three, three, we raised three kids, they're all adults, married kids, they have five grandkids, all happily married, all homeowners, all doing well. For, you know, they kind of um. What was I going to say about, that? oh, uh, this is what I want to say. Not everyone is walking with the Lord the way I would want them to walk with the mm-hmm. Lord. Or I'm going, is that okay or is that not okay? And I'm just not sure. And so I've seen them go quiet or silent because they they know that whatever they're going to be into, I might not approve. Yeah. Again, now my kids are all good kids. I'm not mm-hmm. saying anything. But I have noticed something in a really positive way in, in your generation that seems way more this way than mine was and that is when you go off and do your own thing and you come back around the parent figure by and large at least with my experience your generation is far more respectful to us just like my kids are far more respectful to us than maybe i was to my parents Mm. somehow because that that whole hippie thing you know we we were done with them for a while Mm -hmm. you know uh, again i'm usually speaking outside of myself because i'm in a little different i was raised in the church and i never left the church i just left denominations and went to a yeah. different denomination but mm-hmm. did, does that sound like
1: your generation were you more respectful to your authorities yes I, I i can at least speak for myself definitely yes you know and and it's not um i think very much so like you where you were like you know i wasn't one that was calling cops pigs i wasn't you know doing some of the other stuff that a lot of my generation was but there was a little bit of that maybe in in you you know in terms of and i think that there is i would say you know looking at the millennial generation i would say yes definitely there is there is a a degree of that i think because so many are so hungry for parents or parental figures um that um you know, I think that there is there definitely is a lot of that. I think what you're seeing is is actually pretty dead on. Yeah. Um, but well, as i you know, tell you what, it was, was complicated. Uh,
2: that that one attribute is mega huge to me. Because if, if someone in your generation, maybe you're completely in a different world, but if you're respectful to me, that 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 moves mm-hmm. mountains with mm-hmm. me. I'll do all kinds of things to be there for you. Uh, if they're, if you're loving, even though i even though you know that I don't approve of that, let's say, you know, I don't have anything in real life with you, but, mm-hmm. but if, but if someone like who is in a completely different place, even a little bit of rebellion towards God is still loving and respectful and put your arms around me to give me a hug goodbye when you're the son, man, that goes a
1: long way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys pick that up. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's like. God puts his thumbprint on every generation. And I think that maybe that's just part of it is, you know, is, is that, you know Um, but hopefully that brings some clarity to those that aren't in the millennial generation, or maybe even those that are that it's like, we are very justice minded. We are very compassionate. And that's why you see, And again, this is on the level of madness when it's not aligned with biblical truth and it's not aligned with the spirit, things of the spirit, it turns and goes mad, goes crazy all over the place. Um, Militant almost is the word I would think of because it's like, I like if you're like, I, it is an injustice to not write notes. It's a disrespect to any speaker. And it, I feel so passionately about this. If you don't take notes you are you're the worst and so Ooh. anybody that they see that doesn't they turn into this militant of like you should be you should be it's because they care they care they care about the teacher they are whoever's speaking they want to value their time and they want ever ev- other people to to know that they want them to communicate the same thing in the same way and i think that sometimes when that gets misguided it's like even like opinions it's like yeah well i i like star wars well i don't and you're like well how could you like star <laughs> wars is amazing and, yeah. you know, and it's like, it, it, there's just like that, just that justice. That's why superheroes are so big right now, by the way, is because it's like what it, most superheroes are justice minded. They're fighting on the side of good. And, and you know, it's
2: interesting. And it's not just your generation that loves the superheroes. Mm-hmm. All the boomers, oh, no, all the boomers, a whole bunch of boomers that I know whose ministries I follow, they're the ones among the ones at least posting Wonder Woman on the, Women's side, the yeah. Superman. I mean, this yeah. this is this is a cross generational thing. The superhero, yep. that's a fascinating thing because that's yep. what we hold that in common. We yeah. brought in Star Wars before you were born, mm-hmm. literally, yep. and and now uh, you're you're celebrating it just as much as if it was mm-hmm. introduced, you know, well into your life. So to mm-hmm. us, that's fun. I, I enjoy that aspect of it. You I take my t- kids to, I take my kids to their first Star Wars movies
1: when they were. Twenty years old and took him to the whole trilogy. You know, was oh fun. man, I love it. Yeah, and it's interesting that you point that out about you know like your generation. Like I think of well, what's really big right now is specifically Marvel. Um, a lot of the Marvel movies, Captain America, Iron Man, and those saw much of many of those as a result of Stanley uh, saw and Jack Kirby, the artist, started in the '60s. A lot of them, Spider-Man, X-Men, you know, Incredible Hulk. Uh, all wow. of those guys, and and it's wow. interesting that you know we have this phenomenon. And I, Robin Bullock said this on Elijah's streams a couple of weeks back or a month back. He said he was talking about the Mandalorian, the Disney Plus show from Star Wars, the right, Mandalorian, great right. And he was talking about how uh, he's like, oh yeah, brother, anytime he's like, anytime <laughs> there's a, a phenomenon, a cultural phenomenon, it's prophetic. And I was like bingo i was like that's something that i've just been feeling inside and it was like to hear him say that, i was like yes yes so good you know so you know seeing you know even just the, the the topic of superheroes where it started in your generation and now it's kind of merged between the two and like a big moment of you know avengers the you know, final avengers movie is all of these heroes from all of the movies wow from different walks of life coming through portals to join together to fight a single threat. And I'm just and they, like, all, need, and
2: they all needed each other's gift too. Yeah. We talked about the cultural yeah. uh, phenomenon and the prophetic. Everyone, no matter how supreme your prophetic gift is, you need other people with prophetic gifts or mm-hmm. power gifts or supernatural gifts or miracle working or or reality bending or fire breeze, whatever it is. Yep. You know, we all yeah. need
1: everyone else's gift yeah. it's
2: going complete.
1: Yeah. And, and just a little cherry on the top of all that unironically, they all come together to fight a threat of an individual who's trying to wipe out half of the population, but that's a whole other thing. (laughs) And that's today's newspaper. Yeah. yeah, So we'll, you know, we will touch on that some other time, but um, Steve, first off, I want to say, obviously you're the founder of the Elijah list. Um, I owe a debt of gratitude to you because as I was talking about the beginning of the show my, you know, walk and how the Lord led me down, you know, the path of, of just believing in his power and him showing up because I was open to it. And when I got hired, it was interesting before the show we were talking about earlier today, we were talking about how it almost didn't work out with me coming here because your emails to me were going in my junk folder and yeah. I wasn't seeing them and I just didn't back then I didn't check my junk folder at all. And I just, um, and so it's interesting. i it almost didn't happen, but I remember it was through your ministry and me working here that God completely blew the doors off of my understanding of the spirit. And it's like, you think you know how big God is until something like that happens. And I'm just like, I didn't know. And it was like, I found out giftings that I had that I've always operated in and had no, like the gift of discerning of spirits. Oh yeah. Like when I was a kid or younger, I probably around a high school age. Actually, I would see demons. I would sense angels. I was like, wow. So I see demons, Um, you know, and, uh, and so it was through, you know, the, you elevating the prophets, you and what you do that allowed me to come in here and to. To you know, to allow me to work on Elijah's streams and to hear. So it's like I absolutely have so much respect for you. And you're so so needed. Someone like you is so needed in my generation to speak to my generation. And so I want to thank you for that first of yeah. all. Oh, thank you for those kind words too.
2: Yeah, it's fun. To me, it's a kick in the pants whenever because I've there's been several ministries that even got launched through the Elijah list or Elijah's dreams. And to me. I've seen people where that was a threat to them. To me, if a ministry gets launched out of here, legitimately launched, and I can sew into them, and they can do their thing, uh, that's a kick in the pants. That's so yeah. fun,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. I and I would imagine very humbling. You're just like man, like yeah, yeah. little old mm-hmm. me, you know. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, I had you know. We've had people that came and tried to copy that wasn't that wasn't what we were going for. But people that had their own thing, and we could sew into it, and all of a sudden, boom! They're off and running, and they've got a different kind of a thing. And I can celebrate them. Some of them are millennials. Some of them are, are closer to my age. But it's mm-hmm. so fun. Uh, I've been on the opposite end of that, where someone was threatened when I came along, and I thought, and I thought, man, never let me never do that, Lord. Let me never be mm-hmm. threatened. Because there was a guy out, and he would, he had a school and everything. He would get all these people launched, and then he would try and eat them alive. He would come, they would, he would be, they became his enemy, yeah. and he could never explain it. He just decided this was wrong, that was wrong, mm-hmm. and he tried to
1: shut him down. So, um, man, it's not cool, man. It's not mm-hmm. cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. not cool. So, I want to talk on uh, the first question I have for you, which is why, why does prophecy matter? And especially nowadays, it's like we, I know a lot of people, they look at prophecy and they're like, well, I believe the prophets of the old Testament, but that's it. And it wasn't actually until I started working at, you can, you know, you can read a verse over and over again and you don't see it until all of a sudden it's like, where has yeah. this verse been? And I remember reading the verse after I started here at the Elijah list and Paul was like, you know, I desire all gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And I was uh-huh. like, wow, I had no idea that was in the, whole, the New Testament. Uh-huh. So. That puts a premium, 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 Old Testament
2: and New Testament on his prophecy. You look at the pro- you get the promises of, of what he says about the prophets and those who receive the prophets. And those, if you believe a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. If you believe a prophet, you will prosper. God puts a premium. And I, the long and short of it is, as much as God is speaking the masses don't hear him. Mm. The people that train themselves or prophets themselves who train, who, who allow themselves to be trained, or people who are not prophets who train themselves to listen, the masses don't hear. So if the masses don't hear, then how are they going to hear the Lord? Through mm-hmm. the prophet. The yeah. prophet will tell you in plain English or Spanish if you speak. you know, he'll tell you in actual language you can understand this is what God's saying. That's why when I had... I had uh, had quite a few experiences, but by the time I was about 35 years old, we lived in Texas. I had never seen or heard that there was anything related to prophets. Okay? That was like 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I never heard that there, I didn't know that there was anything like that. I knew in the Old Testament, and I knew some in the New, but that was it. And this guy took me to lunch. He was a vineyard pastor, assistant pastor in in Dallas, Texas area. And he started telling me, this is 18, 1989, he started telling me that there was these prophets, and one was Rick Joyner, and the one was Bob Jones, I think he said John Paul Jackson, Paul King, those were the top four. Now is what the body of Christ had, is for, at least as far as our stream. There were other Pentecostal streams where we didn't know the people, but this is our... And I I let him get about partway through that, and I said, wait a minute, hold up. 35 years old, and I'm hearing this for the first time, I said... You're telling me that there's prophets alive. Now, Jeff, you you would even smile at this and other people are because you guys were raised. Yeah. If you've been around anything, even in Baptist circles, you hear about someone prophesying something mm-hmm. every once in a while. That was not in existence in the 80s. It just, we weren't raised, no one was raised in the prophetic. That wasn't a thing. It was considered to have been launched in 88. So I said, wait a minute, you're telling me that God speaks. There's prophets along, and that moment, that moment in time, I knew my my life would never ever be the same. Don't ask me how I knew, except that, well, look, I here I am now. Somehow, in my inwardmost being, I knew that God was going to use me. But the bottom line is, we need prophets because we don't hear well enough on our own, mm-hmm. by and large. And so, you know, I I remember hearing a woman here about 20 years ago. And I'd never heard of this concept. She was speaking at a group. It wasn't even my own conference, I don't think. But she she said, if you you need to have two or three at least prophets in your back pocket or your hip pocket, is the way she said it, at all times, if you really want to be serving the Lord. And you know what? Not only did I take that in and, and believe it, I, the Elijah's already existed at that time. But I thought I'd never heard that that was okay. Mm. I always said, well, maybe know a prophet, but you better try and hear everything on your own. Well, mm. you better be hearing on your own. You better be hearing from this prophet and that prophet. And if you're if you friends and if you're friends to other prophets, they ought to speak into your life because if you receive a prophet, because they are a prophet, the Bible says, you'll receive a prophet's reward. What's a prophet's reward? Revelation. Mm. You need prophets because you need revelation. You need revelation because you need to know what to do. You need to know what to do because you don't hear God well enough only for yourself. Jeff, mm-hmm. you hear God, but mm-hmm. you like to receive a prophetic word, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Most prophets I know love having someone prophesy with them. Mm. So it's not just the. It's just not the grassroots people who who need prophecies. Prophets need prophecies. Yeah. So we all need we all need them. There's no one that doesn't need right. prophecy. I suppose Jesus didn't need him. He's probably the only one, yeah. you know. I'm yeah. convinced he had encounters either in heaven or up on the mountain on a daily basis with the Father. But other mm-hmm. than him, I don't know of anyone or any prophet that doesn't need a prophet.
1: Mm. Yeah, because I can hear it. I can hear people saying, so you're saying that I... I I should be able to do all everything on my own. If God's going to speak to me, he should be able to speak to me on my own. But again, that goes towards, that's a very Western mindset, which is individuality, isolation, you know, and it's like, we are it's created. Dumb.
2: It's part my yeah. French. It's it, dumb. It is but dumb. I mean, I've,
1: I've had people
2: say many, many people over the years. So I am not pointing to anyone. God knows my address. He knows where I live. If he has something to tell him, well, yeah, he knows where you live. He knows where you live before creation started, too. So why did he create prophets if he already knew where everybody lives Mm -hmm. and he already knew what everybody needed before they asked it? Why does he need prophets? The same answer keeps coming back because everybody doesn't hear the Lord the way they would like to hear, the way they try to hear, the way they Mm -hmm. learn to hear. And we, you know, Paul says we know in part and we prophesy in part. You will always have the option to, uh, let's say, someone has cancer. And you want to hear from them. Maybe it's even in your own family. And you want to hear from them. You're hoping God will say, this is not unto death. But you know in part, and you know that the, that, the, that the doctor just told her, you've got about three weeks to live. Now, what is that knowing in part going to do to you? It's going to tend to screw you up. You need prophets from the outside who d- didn't hear that word, didn't hear the doctor proclaim you got three weeks yeah. left. Who will say, "Well, I don't know who this is." That I'm hearing the name Alice, and God says you've heard three weeks, but the Lord says thirty years. Something like that. Boom. Yeah, it's broken. That's why you need prophets. You know, it's yeah. it's an it's an unintentional arrogance, and I say unintentional because people that say God knows where I live, it sounds humble. Mm-hmm. It sounds like well he knows where I live and I trust him. Well then you don't trust him to send a prophet. You just trust him only. You're only going to trust him to break through, walk through the wall, or give you a dream. So you can you can trust him for that, but you cannot trust him for someone knocking on your door and saying, yeah. "Joe said you needed a word of encouragement." I don't know who this is, but I I have this word for you. You know, last week when you got fired. Did you get fired? Well, yeah, I did get fired. Well, last week when you got fired, the Lord said that was, while it wasn't me that did that, the Lord says, I'm going to use that for my glory. And a year from now, you're going to be rejoiced that you got fired because watch me now as I get, yeah. you see what I mean? But, yeah. but that person says, God know, knows where I live. And he'll sit there in that house depressed for six to eight months, mm-hmm. waiting for God to move, which is a better scenario.
1: Yeah. The, listening the, to a prophet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my, a lot of people know this, uh, or Steve, you know this, but a lot of people you don't know, but Lauren, my wife, Lauren, she edits a lot of prophetic words on for the Elijah list along with our producer, Julie and my sister Jen as well. And there've been countless times now where I feel something from this, from the Lord. And I'm you know, over the, a couple of days, the Lord is speaking it to me and I've just like, I'm able to verbalize it. And I come out you know from whatever i'm doing i say hey i just really feel like the lord is saying this right now but and she goes have you been reading our prophetic words and i'm like no and she's like you probably should she's like i can't tell you how many how many um you know prophets are saying that right now and so wow. it goes along with what you're saying steve wow. is that the even something. if the lord is saying yeah. something to you having yeah. having that confirmation yeah. is paramount
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the, the confirmation aspect is you don't really have a prophetic prophetic input unless you're trying to have it being... Re- I'm trying to figure out how do I want to say this. You're, you want confirmation of almost everything now if i have Mm -hmm. someone that i really really trust and boom at the spur of the moment he or she says that and it confirms something i thought that's fine but many times if so if a prophet gives you something that you go i don't know if she's hearing correctly or he's hearing correctly then you look to see other people that confirm it that's an amazing thing the bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is everything confirmed Mm -hmm. so if you if the bible says it if something's a true and you, you believe it to be true and a third person says that's true, then you've got two or three witnesses. The Bible's one, you're one, and they're one. That's three yeah. witnesses. You know, sometimes you've had uh, on important things, God will give you five or six witnesses. You go, man, I'm going to be about stupid if I don't act on this now. Because it's been really, really confirmed. And that's where you, all, you don't want to get caught in thinking, well, I need three more because God will say, I've given you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because then you're sure. like
1: drifting into Gideon territory, where he's like, "I yeah. need proof, I need proof, I need proof every step of the way." Yeah. Which God will honor, honor a couple.
2: God will honor a couple of that way, but eventually he'll say, "I'm going to give you the two or three, and at that point it becomes faith. If you don't exercise your faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God. It's not less likely. It's impossible to please him if you don't use faith. Mm. So you'll never ever. Mm almost never get a word that is one hundred percent devoid of risk. Mm. John Weber in the vineyard used to say risk uh, he, he used to say faith is spelled r i s k that's how you spell faith mm. and so there's always going to be a certain amount of risk if you're gonna wait till the risk is out uh, is gone you're not going to get a whole lot of things done that God mm-hmm. wanted you to do because you didn't yeah. exercise faith for it yeah amen. Know, amen what are you what is your generation are you are is your generation more inclined to faith or more inclined to doubt if, if what
1: what do you observe about your if it can even
2: be observed like that
1: well i would say that the god of this age is science and um and and logic and so okay. it's like um everything kind of hinges on that that's why it's i think so easy for many of my generation to write off uh it <laughs> It's kind of interesting because it's I say that, but then a lot in my generation are very spiritual. They just don't want anything to do with Jesus. Well, or let they don't me want
2: pa- do- I want to ask you about this then, because I know you're the interviewer, but I want to ask this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have seen that when your generation comes to the Lord, and I might say comes back to the Lord, for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, and decides I'm not going to do what a lot of my friends are doing and just wait and just wait when your generation that's you i see kelsey is our guest i see krista elisha Mm elisha um when they come back they don't come back kind of haphazardly they come back a thousand percent going forward is that true about your generation Uh, i would say yes
1: a lot there's a lot of people that have have gone the wayward path that have gone through um hard things on their own and when you have that moment where as a result, where where you are just like, where Christ, find, again, being very justice minded, being very compassionate individuals and having that fire inside of you, but then to have it align with what God intended, it's like rocket fuel. And, um, sure. and so that's what you see, you know, especially where it's like, sometimes I feel like it's like the farther you've gone, you know, I think of like, Well, Krista Elisha had a really, really, I mean, she, I mean, she was very open about it, had very, made a lot of poor choices and, you know, God got a hold of her. And she was like, I mean, again, it was like the analogy of a rubber band. It's like, when you let go the farther back, the more damage it does. But in this case, the good thing, you know, I think of Todd white is another person off the top of my head. Who's, you know, he's, he walked the wayward path. I mean, Way wayward path, and God got a hold of him. And look at him now, you know. And there's tons and tons of other people where it's been that case too. I mean, obviously yeah. Todd White. I don't think he's a millennial per se, but you know,
2: yeah, interesting thing. Yeah. I, don't, I look at my generation, and it seems going on a different a, a different subject regarding it, it. Seems like we had more abuse, but I'm not sure that's true. Mm-hmm. Our generation, I mean, we, we we grew up in the days of Red Skelton and Carol Burnett on TV and Father Knows Best and the Donna Reed Show and I Love Lucy, all these innocent programs. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. back in the bedroom, there was all kinds of abuse going on. That was the, that was the case in my family. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what it is like, if it can even be generalized. Do you have a lot of people who have suffered from abuse that screwed them up? In their- yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. and I mean I think man, do I want to go there? Um <laughs> yeah, whatever you want I mean, look, look at I mean I'll say this for now. Look at the things if you look at the millennial generation and you just take a you know, take account of all the different types I'm talking about, unbelievers and the different issues that you notice in there that are plaguing this generation, that kind of answers the question a little bit without answering it because you know um i'm not we are gonna we are gonna have hard conversations on this show yeah we just want to get the subject
2: of today but yeah it was yeah and
1: it was intense
2: and uh yeah yeah there's some pretty intense stuff there and I, i don't think we realized i know when i grew up i did not know until uh here's the short version i didn't know that until i was married and with children did I know that the house that mysteriously burned down on was three and my father lit it on fire on purpose? I didn't know that my father had molested my sisters for years. For years. I didn't know that had even gone on. I didn't know that my father was a rapist. But he did go to he's with the Lord now 30 years ago, but he he got his heart right and God can forgive anyone if they if they humble themselves. Steve, I didn't I, know this thing, but it was it was yeah, intense. I
1: wanna have you. Back on the show at some point, and I want to, because there are some people that need deliverance from that, and a lot of those people are going to come, even if we have to bring a third person on here to help. You know, like maybe who has a similar experience. It's something that my generation needs a lot of deliverance, and God, if we are like we are on the next great move of God right now, and it's all hands on deck. You know, yeah. and we've been hearing this time and time again. It's resonated with all of us. We need everybody. And it's like, I want I want to grab as many people as possible, you know?
0: Yeah. And
2: yeah, so, and there's yeah. a lot of people that are stuck. I mean, some people listening to this, they're abuse victims, they're they literally have PTSD to this mm-hmm. day because mm-hmm. something triggers it, the least little thing will trigger it, and uh legitimately. So I mean I'm not saying it shouldn't. If it was yeah. If you're if the abuse is that bad, you can be triggered real easily, and yeah. and and God wants people to be healed and set free so you can move forward. Um, there have been some good prophetic promises by the Lord that He's going to make a quick work out of that, and there are people that will get healed literally overnight. Mm. That's taken others a generation to get healed. Of. My sisters to this day are severely tortured by PTSD from that, and my sister's sixty-seven years old. And she still has PTSD for what happened when she was 9 and 10. Yeah. It's really, Man. really intense, you know. Um, but yeah. you know what? Okay, the Elijah list, the Elijah streams. Look at what God can do Come on. to abuse victims. I was the least favorite of six kids. My dad disliked me. I'm using that term Lucy because he hated me. Mm. But I'll just say he disliked me. All my siblings would say of all the kids, dad picked on Stephen. And he did. But look at me now. Look at what God has done with this vessel, right? If he can do that with this vessel, he can do that with you too. So that's Mm -hmm. a promise. Yeah. You can do you can give anything over to the Lord over time and he will redeem it for his good. Come on.
1: Okay. So we're almost out of time. Um, but one thing that I actually it's it's kind of tied to the why prophecy matters. Okay. And this is something that, okay, so say somebody who's you know in my generation or even younger say they're an 18 year old and mm-hmm. somebody they trust um, you know it could even be a relative comes up and gives them a prophetic word what do they do with that well first of all you, you said they trust him. and I mean um,
2: um, you want to make up an example of a kind because there's so many kinds of prophetic words give me it well
1: yeah an example. okay so say they're like you are um you know they they weren't going to go to college and they said they were even having this internal dialogue okay they weren't going to go to college and somebody comes up and says you are supposed to apply for Stanford University and you are in next year and it, not this year you're supposed to wait a year and you are going to apply yeah. to Stanford and the lord is going to open some amazing yeah. doors okay a couple of things first of all You didn't say anything against the word of God. So there's nothing
2: to to cut that word off, the word of God. Then you ask yourself, did this person know me? Did they know I've been resisting college? Did they have a a dog in the hunt? Did they have a skin in the game? Did they have an opinion? Because I will say this, beware of the prophet with an opinion. Mm -hmm. You have a prophet with an opinion and then he prophesies opinion, run, don't walk. (laughs) It doesn't mean that word wasn't true. It means it's not reliably true because they had an opinion go to someone who doesn't have an opinion and look for it just say I would take it to someone else that I trust and say maybe someone came to me and say Steve this person that I like gave me this word but I think they had an opinion on it I would say well first of all let me see if I can pray, get anything if I don't I say well why don't you go pray go to that person there maybe I'd tell them and set up an appointment and I say don't tell them what this person just says Here's the options. And that might, that per your friend might go to that person and say, Here's the options. I've been, I've been trying not to go to college. Someone that I kind of trust, you don't have to say the name, said he thought I should go to Stanford and he felt like it was a word of the Lord, but I don't know if it's the word of the Lord. You'd be surprised how much wisdom comes out. Let's say that person, I'm just going to make something up on the spot. Someone says, Well, I don't know. If that's a word of the Lord, but I do know forty nine fifty three Rose Avenue. Does that mean anything to you? And they go, well, yeah, that's the that's the address of the dorm that they wanted me to go to. So something like that. Now that's mm-hmm. pretty specific. But some of them might say, well, I don't know about if that's supposed to be thing, but I will tell you this: this is take this as a word of wisdom. I waited a year, uh, and the person say, well, I waited a year. It's like this person's telling you the way to... And I actually had a better entry point, and I, ha- I was able to get the classes I wanted from the first... You know, they would just give you something that's a word of wisdom. They don't even necessarily know if they're prophesying. They're just telling you something from them, and they're a prophetic person. They're mm. they're walking in that prophetic ozone all the time. So they tell you something that's just a wisdom thing, and it turns out that the one or two things they mentioned are the things that have been bothering you because you're saying... I, if I go now, I won't get the classes I need the first quarter and it's going to set me off for the whole four years mm-hmm. or something. See what I mean? You play okay. it out. You try it on this. You try it on that. You look for confirmation. And then you'll be honest with yourself. If nobody else says anything like that, you go, this is not a confirmed word of prophecy. I'm yeah. not going doing that. I'm not not doing that because there's no confirmation. I'm just going to set that aside and wait till God confirms it another way. God is not, Mocked, God is not, hog tied, hand tied, anything tied. If God wants you to be confirmed, He'll figure out a very easy way on His part. He only mm-hmm. has a, a few trillion options at His disposal right now. <laughs> this week, before noon today. See yeah. what I mean? So He's not. He's not up there saying, "What am I going to do? I thought I sent him a good word. Now they're not taking the word. I don't know what to do. God doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I think also you know, this kind of goes back to our first, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, why prophecy matters is I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I believe in prophets. And I think I said this earlier too, but like, I believe, I believe in, in that, you know, I believe prophets exist, but every single prophecy they hear, they're like, that's not true. Did God really say that? You know? And it's, it's really interesting to see people stuck in that kind of cycle that's that's
2: a that's an unintended arrogance i say unintended like i said before because i'm not saying i'm going to be arrogant (laughs) you know but it's an it's arrogance because it says god in his infinite wisdom can't send me even one accurate prophetic word by a friend or foe nothing is true i mean if i you know I said that before, I'll say it again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you can't find a sliver of truth in something somebody said, you're not trying very hard, mm. you know, you might say, I think all of those are wrong, everybody was in the flesh, they all had an opinion, but that one thing that one person said that I know they didn't know gave me something to, to you know, put a peg in that. If mm-hmm. if you if a, if a word is never accepted, the problem is not outside of you, it's inside of you. Mm. Come on, preach it, Steve. <laughs> so. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I said this thing about because this has been a friend of mine and he he has said for the couple of generations, God knows my address. Well, okay. You know, and and if if there's always
1: a reason not to receive a word, you're the problem. Mm. Yeah, and with that, if you've got anybody in your life who is like that. Uh, patience. Yeah. I think it was Robin Bullock uh, a couple weeks back who said, think of how patient the Lord was with you. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just think that it's so easy for us to um, lose sight of the fact that Satan doesn't want us to get this. He doesn't yeah. want us to hear God, to yeah. believe in prophecy, because he's done. Like, if, if, if everybody right now all at once we all were like we believed what god said we actually genuinely believed it we heard god instead of doubting every little thing and you know allowing our souls to get in the way satan would be done he'd be done he'd be done he be finished
2: well and the good news is uh that and this is my own expression but i believe god bakes in our mistakes what i mean by that is uh He's leading me along, Um, and when I tell a longer version of my story one day, I'll tell you some of those where, where I did this, and I blew that, and I did that. Those mistakes are baked in. What I mean is God didn't cause those mistakes. He didn't bless those mistakes, but being who God is, knowing who he is, he knew every one of those, what you were going to make on the date, time, and second of the hour when you were going to make that mistake. So when he started guiding you, he's preparing you, knowing that when you make this mistake, He's got the thing on the other side of it planned or the next one. Oh, here's another one baked in. He's got it already solution headed so that by the time you get to this, he sent someone right after that event to encourage you. It's all your mistakes are baked into his sovereign will. Mm. You can't escape it. If you half want to obey, even half want to really know what God wants to do in your life, you can't escape knowing his will because mm. he's not going to let you. Yeah. He's not going to let you escape it. You have the choice. To ignore it and to go to your grave with a with a kind of a sucky destiny, you 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 get to go to be with the Lord and you'll have great rewards for receiving Christ, but you but it's a little bit of a sucky journey because you just decided nothing was that God was unable to direct you, and so you weren't going to do anything. You just sit down and and, um, grit your teeth until the rapture or something, and then Mm. you know. But that's no fun. No, it's boring it's boring (laughs) and not only boring it's miserable to have no hope
1: in this world hope deferred makes literally the heart sick Mm. yeah Yeah. that's good so um we're out of time but uh i guess i anybody who i have on the show who's more wise wise in their years um who uh is there anything you want to say to the to the younger generation is there anything that comes comes to mind right now that i, that I think, like the, think the one
2: i want to just i want to hammer this one um the scripture it says without faith this is mm-hmm. hebrews i think without faith it's impossible to please god that put that on its head with faith it's impossible not to please god oh, that's good with faith so if if you're going around, and this is one of the things I do, it's almost a physical act because I take my brain under control. I start to worry about an instance, and I realize, oh, that's not a faith. That's not going to please God if I go there, in my thoughts my worry. I go, instead, I replace that. I go, ah, God, this is nothing. And I might say it out loud. Lately, I've been saying, my God can handle that. Mm-hmm. My, I'm personalizing it. And I have my own pet name for dad. I don't call him daddy, but I you don't get to have my pet name, right? Because he's my dad. He's my mm-hmm. father. But anyway, anyway, okay, I won't beat it to death, but just he, God is not mocked. He's going to finish what he starts. He loves faith. And when you start on something, if you if you start to get a negative re- response, just go this, my God, that's nothing. Mm. for him yeah. and you make yourself you choose to believe that and you watch this all of a sudden your soul will go ah, mm. that felt really good and now you go out you go off and do whatever you're with the family whatever you' and you yeah. don't have that junk in your soul
1: yeah
2: and and now you please god mm-hmm. you've fed your soul with faith everything's going to work really good for you probably the next day because you just Ended the day with faith in God and cleansed your soul. And every time you can, it's like a physical act. It's like stepping over a stone that you're about to stumble on. You almost have to stop, think, okay, I'm not going there. My God can do anything. At least three trillion options are at his disposal right now, other than the one that I'm worried about. So I'm not going there. God, you can do anything. Here's my faith. I might even say, here's my faith. Mm. I cast my care on you. And you just watch it. So that's what I would like to leave people with is without faith, it's impossible to please. And with faith, it's impossible not to please him. And when he's pleased, what do you do if a parent if you're you're pleased? What did your parents do if they were pleased?
1: Lavish, 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 Mm -hmm. lavish gifts, love. Let things, you know, like, you know. Mm let let things slide i guess you know not as not as harsh you know or whatever
2: yeah so. yeah, yeah yeah i mean when i you, when a, when the person authority whether it's a king or a parent or god or your angel when they're when you've pleased them they have almost no option in their own minds other than to lavish goodness mm-hmm. on you good. lavish promotion on you graham cook talks about um uh, you know every time you have a trial Use it as a as a intentional, these may not be his words, but the way I would say see it as an opportunity for an upgrade in your walk with the Lord, a mm-hmm. promotion, if you will. So I'm about to stumble over this rock and start worrying and fretting and say, this is gonna everyone's again. Instead, my God can handle that. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is mine, he says. Why should I worry about making my point clear to this person who just hurt me? I'm not going there. My God can handle that. I'm not going to spend one minute of brain or soul or emotional power, energy mm. to fret. God can handle that. And God goes, ah, Watch me now. And then He just lavishes on you. So, yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, that's great. So, Steve, can you, uh, can, I don't know, just feel led with the way that you've, f- you know, feel led? Just pray for the audience. Yeah. Um, sure. I just want to see people, I want to see people get this. I want to see people awakened. So go for it. That's good. Yeah. So Lord,
2: we just lift up um, our souls. We lift up our minds. We lift Mm -hmm. up our brains. We lift up our thoughts. We lift up our willpower. We say, Lord, this, our God can handle these situations in our life. Our God can send prophets when we need it. Our God can help us choose uh to to obey or believe a prophet when it said lord we just give you all the glory we give you we give you the kudos we give you the thanks we give you our attaboys and we give you our you said we're not 10 clans worth, the I. you're like into thankfulness so we're going to be those that thank you for the little things we're going to be those lord that say i know your works yeah the lord says he knows our works but we need to be saying, I know, my God, I've seen him work. Um, I know his work. I, I have observed his work, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lord, let us be found always giving you praise and thanksgiving. We enter your gates um, with thanksgiving in your courts with praise. praisers. We're just mm-hmm. thankful, thankful all the time. No matter what it is, if the ten things went bad, we thank you for the one thing that didn't, and we just give that to you. And I just pray that those watching, listening, uh, will will just take this to heart and begin to praise you in all things. In all things, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. We thank you that, thank you, Lord, for obedient hearts watching right Now, in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. That was great. This was so fun, Steve. Yeah, it was good. That was yeah. fun. Many we'll more. Again many more to come there you go sounds good yeah so all right everybody well that is our show for today elijah fire episode one i almost forgot obviously people can go to ElijahList.com, but you're also the host of a fantastic show called elijah's dreams right monday through friday at 11 a.m pacific time right and steve does he's awesome and he has all kinds of great people so Yes, watch this show, but please, please, please go watch Elijah's Dreams as well. What's it all. Over it's there. really
2: good stuff, so it really builds your faith. And be sure and tell your friends. So yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. God bless. All right.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.